Welcome to Friends on Air, a podcast presented to you by the Friendship Circle of Pittsburgh. On this podcast, our teen hosts discuss real life with real people. We hope to inspire others by sharing stories of individuals and pairs of friends who have dealt with mental health challenges or just the ups and downs of life and discussing what brought them healing and inner peace. In these episodes, we also talk about the role that friendship and connection plays in a person's emotional well-being. Subscribe to this podcast to be a part of our Friends on Air family. Friends on Air! I'm Ursula. I am one of the teen members of Friendship Circle, and today I'm with Kiera and Nick. Woo! 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 Hi! Thanks for having us. Yay! Um, Before we start, just this is our final episode of season one, and we have a super exciting addition um, for season two, which is that we'll be on video. Woo! So, um, in order to be more accessible, We'll yeah. be adding visuals to Friends on Air, and we'll be on YouTube with subtitles. So we're very excited to start this new phase of the podcast, and we hope that everyone will continue following along. Awesome. Yeah. And Allie's here as well. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm the wellness coordinator at the Friendship Circle. I have a background um, in psychology and clinical mental health counseling, and just so excited to hear about this topic today. I think it's going to be meaningful for a lot of our listeners. All right. And then we also have Kiera. Hi, uh, I, uh, my name is Kiera. I am a um, professional counselor I'm working towards my licensure. I have my master's degree in professional counseling. Cool. Um, and I work at a teen outreach center uh, located in Brookline, as well as um, its sister organization, Compassionate Counseling as a Therapist. Awesome. Yeah. We also are joined by Nick. Hi. Um, I'm going to say the same thing, um, because that's exactly what I do too, but um, I'm also a professional counselor at Compassionate Counseling, and I'm the program facilitator at Brookline Teen Outreach. Um, I'm also working towards licensure, so, you know, go off. Dope. Um, yeah. Awesome. Education. Are you originally from Pittsburgh? Or from the area? From the area, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm from North Pittsburgh, yeah. Um, and I'm not from Pittsburgh, <laughs> but like a small town located outside of Pittsburgh, like yeah, 45 cool. minutes away. Okay, so. nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. So in the yeah. same region. Region. Area. I think we all Very have, like, rurally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, definitely grew up with like friends who had farms and I was going to say, we're cows and things. So cool. so, yeah. We're interested. Yeah. 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 That's really Very cool. different. <laughs> Very different from being in the city, for sure. Yeah. So, I actually yeah. grew up with seven acres, like, outside oh, cool. of Pittsburgh, too. Yeah. And yeah. chickens sure. and our neighbors had cows. Uh, really? So, I did yeah. not know that. So, like, I really get it. Yeah. 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 It's so it's cool. such a, like, comforting smell. Like, like yeah. being out in the country. It's like, like, so fresh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And Love the stars. <laughs> yes, the stars. are so different. Yeah. Right. So comforting smell. <laughs> well, it is. There's like, a lot of smells. Like yeah, smell. yeah. smells. I think. I think and, yeah, that's yeah. what I was. I don't know. Air. Yeah, is just that, being okay. like it's it's rain, so different. different. Being yeah, it does. Like the the grass. Yeah, the, that's true. Everything mm-hmm. smells so different, different yeah. back at home than it does back right here. And, yeah. and I think in the fall time, it's like so much so much different. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Imagine that like campfire smell, occasionally, oh, yeah. burning wood yeah. or whatever's going mm, on. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, <laughs> so in one sentence, um, what are you guys here to talk about today? That's you. I think yeah. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so, like we said, you know, we both work um, as mental health professionals in a number of ways. Um, serving like a pretty wide range of people. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in the in in our experience working with with people, a lot of our work is centered around trauma. Um, and so I think today we're really just kind of going to be diving into what that looks like and how that can affect people and what our work has centered around that. Yeah, I think to like go off of that too, something that I picked up along the way in my, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like educational journey or like life, I guess, is, you know, more about kind of what happened to you mm-hmm. rather than why are you doing that? Right, right. Not what's, so. not what's wrong with you. It's yeah. just what happened to you and how can we understand that? How can we help you make connections for yourself mm-hmm. and help you make connections with other people better? There's mm-hmm. like always a history behind it. There's mm-hmm. not just sure. 
It's really yeah. cool. Well, before we dive in, we're going to do a quick um, speed question. So our question today. <laughs> All right. If you had to give every human being one quality, what would it be and why? Ooh. You can start our salon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would give every human being humility, probably. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Do I need to explain? I'd love to hear your explanation if you have one. I just think that a lot of people, I think it's good to be self-aware and just aware of the world around you. And a lot of people aren't. Mm. And I don't know, just a good quality to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think being self-reflective and being self-aware can be uncomfortable sometimes. That's true. Yeah, I think that that's that's a good thing to just kind of want to give to people. Yeah. 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 I like that. Thank you. Um, I would, originally I was going to say kindness, but then I changed it um, to empathy. Mm. I think that's something that if we could all just um, take the place of the other person and really understand where they're coming from, yeah. the the world would function so much better. Yeah. It's a good mm. one. Absolutely. Mm. Mine was empathy, too. Oh, <laughs> well, dang. Yeah, that's so, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, why? Even like then, you know, just following the trend of me, like, <laughs> saying, <laughs> saying something with somebody else. <laughs> um, but I think, like, with all of that, like, I was thinking about change a lot. It's kind of with all of the changes that I think the world has gone through. But I think something probably like adaptability mm. is probably like the skill mm-hmm. or the characteristic mm-hmm. I would want to give to people because yeah. I think people have trouble, you know, making changes in their lives sometimes. Or That is such a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Skate, yeah. you adapted, adapted to adapted your answer. To yeah. yeah, there you go. go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my first instinct was to say communication, but that's more of a skill, right? Rather than um, a quality. So I think, I think being in, a good communicator might be a quality. Yeah, yeah that's true. But I, I think like deeper than that, I think it would be more of like a m- emotional regulation, like mm-hmm. people being able to like really understand where they're feeling, what they're feeling, how they're feeling, and taking care of themselves and being able to do something with that mm. instead of, you know, taking that and doing something destructive for yourself or even harmful for somebody else. So mm-hmm. I think it would be more of like that that emotional piece of it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Mine kind of goes with everyone's, I think. <laughs> I think we all are kind of following a similar theme. Um, but I would say like judging favorably, which I think goes with like humility and mm. empathy, like yeah, just like giving people space. I guess just not, for, you know, putting your own opinion or your own view or your own agenda on other people's lives and yeah. like mm-hmm. um, allowing everybody to go through what they need to go through mm-hmm. with empathy and with humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of together with that, I was going to say like, being able to be a listener, which I think also is really ties with humility. Mm. Um, like knowing that I don't always have the answer. I don't always know it all. Mm-hmm. And being like a <laughs> vessel, I guess, to yeah. like hearing from other people mm-hmm. and gaining and learning from other people. Yeah. I think I'm always working on that. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I, love that. I, hear, yeah. I hear like a lot of acceptance. In that. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just like being exactly. Acceptance. That's something that ties it all together. Yeah. 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 Like that's a pretty big mission, I think. Of this mm-hmm. place yeah. and mm-hmm. our place as well. Yeah. It's just to like, you know, anybody's welcome. Come do it. You know, it's like very open minded. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we'll take you as you are, and yeah. we'll help you along the way. Right? There are no, you know, we don't have to have any ties to those sort of things. Which segues perfectly. Yeah, it does segue. Yeah. So speaking of your teen outreach center, mm-hmm. can you tell us more about kind of what you guys do, what it serves as, what it accomplishes? Mm-hmm. Unique. Yeah. So with, you know, Brookline Teen Outreach, um, we were really founded out of like kind of from a teaching and like learning perspective. Mm-hmm. We really came from, um, I think it's more about like the school, like education system that has issues with, mm-hmm. has issues. Perfect. I just want to say, <laughs> yeah. just maybe that. <laughs> we're just going to make a blanket statement. And 
you know, we came from looking at things that weren't working in the community and trying to find a sense of community in Brookline mm-hmm. alone. Um, yeah. But we were, our founders definitely able to, you know, pull a lot of things from a lot mm-hmm. of places and mm-hmm. make sure that kids feel safe, mm-hmm. first of all, accepted, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. excited to participate in anything mm-hmm. having to do with the community that is positive, mm-hmm. um, trying to make better choices and making sure that we can hopefully create, you know, people that can make good decisions. Yeah. 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 Uh, And along those lines, um, our founder, um, she was a teacher, so she was working within the school system. And when she left the school system, right, you know, she kind of pinpointed a lot of areas that were being missed Mm -hmm. in the classroom, right? And she wanted to create a space that would be able to fill those things. Um, And a lot of the work that we do is really based on social emotional learning. And really every every single thing that we do and every small micro interaction and every activity that we have, we are always really trying to hit on those social emotional pieces because they don't really get, our kids don't really get that opportunity the seven hours that they're in school. So mm-hmm. we wanna we want to help them make those connections and to help them regulate their emotions, help them understand themselves, help them grow a positive identity, help them have a safe space to be in. Because a lot of the kids that come to our center, that's the only safe space that they mm-hmm. feel like they have. And so um and we've have we have very carefully crafted that safety. But also our organization, like we've talked about, has a sister organization called Compassionate Counseling, which both Nick Nick and I both work at um, as well. Um, but it's a mental health place. So like people come in from the community, but also like it is literally located within the building mm-hmm. for our teens to have access to mental health services. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very unique. It's not something that um, is like the 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 whole structure is i think five percent of after school programs across the country have mental health services and we're one of them right so it's a very unique structure that we have that is so necessary and it's so needed especially after covid especially like you know just with violence and uh you know social media all of these things that our kids are exposed to mm-hmm. all of the time like they really we really need to have safe spaces that give them a, a chance to have mental health services so we do a lot yeah. <laughs> do you to work, say the least sorry do you work like within a specific school or mm-hmm. so a community it's mostly community based mm-hmm. they're in brookline it is the most highly populated uh area of teens and children mm-hmm. in all of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so it's a very like central like kind of location. Yeah. yeah. We have like kids from Baldwin. We have mm-hmm. kids from Brookline. Uh, we have kids Brashear, from Montour. We have, we have Pittsburgh public kids. We, mm-hmm. have, we have kids who ha- will travel up here in the summertime yeah. uh, from out of state. Oh, wow. And they come like and Tennessee. hang out with us. Yeah. From it's Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. From Arizona. Like we have kids who come, who come in when they're visiting their parents in the summer. It just shows like how much it's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. How many teens would you say, I guess on maybe like daily or weekly, come through your space? So in the summer, it's lower, obviously, just yeah. because like vacations, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's maybe like 20 to 30 kids a day. Um, but during the school year, that's probably like 40 to 50 kids mm-hmm. well, in a space. We've, we've can, seen a really, really big uptick since it's, the yeah. start of school yeah. the last month. That's a lot of so, teens. So. Yeah. Would you say, like, what would you say is the biggest, like, reason why kids come? Is it for mm-hmm. because there's stress in school? Is it because there's, like, what is, like, the main driver? <laughs> I, you've used that, I think. It's, well, I'm a student, so yeah, I gotta relate. <laughs> school stress, very much so. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things from school definitely spill over into yeah. mm-hmm. parts of their lives mm-hmm. and this is the place to like Unwind. talk about it mm-hmm. and like get it and process mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. there it's just kind of like okay you're punished whatever go home I call guess. home stuff yeah. whatever you know that's not really helpful i think to yeah. like understand punishment or discipline or whatever mm-hmm. and they come and we try and bridge the gap a little bit yeah. and mm-hmm. make sure they're like hey, <laughs> these are some of the consequences. This is how this works. Like, yeah. what can we do different next time? And I mm-hmm. think school is not super good at, like, 
taking building the, time. the other part up. Yeah. 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 Building like that scaffolding yeah. of opportunity to help them understand that like this behavior is not going to get you the outcome that you're looking mm-hmm. for. Right. right? Like mm-hmm. there's not that conversation to help them understand mm-hmm. what what decision making actually looks like yeah. mm-hmm. and and to help them understand like where it's even coming from in the first place yeah. you know yeah. so we're definitely coming at it from a very holistic again that social emotional mm-hmm. theory place and perspective of trying to help them gain an understanding of themselves and where they're coming from and help them like make the connection so that there's like it doesn't have to spill over into yeah. our space. We don't have to like break up fights or we don't have mm-hmm. to like, you know, we do a lot of conflict resolution, a lot of conflict yep. management mm-hmm. because it's necessary and and it's their safe space. And yeah, I think that nice. that's why they continue Can't to come. That. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 punishment is just like slapping a Band-Aid or whatever. It's not, you, you can, you're not going to the root of the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, yeah. 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 Cause. yeah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to get involved? Start this kind of thing? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Nick and I actually attended graduate school together. Yes. We uh, graduated at different times, mm-hmm. but part of our part of our program, we went we attended Carlo University in Pittsburgh. Um, and part of our program was we had to um, complete a internship um so we had to complete a practicum and then two internships which was like 700 hours of yeah time yeah. um and so um i blocked that out of uh, my mind yeah <laughs> i don't blame you i've been working on yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> um so when i was um when it was time for me to do my practicum i was um kind of applying to different places and Brooklyn Teen Outreach BTO um, was one of the first people to get back to me. And I had an interview. I actually remember having my interview like the day after the world shut down for the pandemic. So, um, so that was really interesting. And they, um, they agreed to take me on as an intern for the summer of 2020. Um, And so that's when I started with them. Um, It was mostly virtual at that time until we opened up um, our, our space and we were only outside I think in July. Um, but I've been with them since. Um, so after my internship ended, um, they hired me on as our community outreach coordinator. And um, I, I do a lot of things <laughs> as a community outreach coordinator. Um, but one of them is um, I host a podcast with Nick um, for our organization. And um, I, I really just work to try to create um positive ties and connections within the community help us get the word of what we do out um, to BTO. And um, and then I work at the teen center once a week um, to uh, to be there with with our kids and to to forge those connections with our interns. Awesome. Yeah. That's the name of your podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, our podcast is called Lunchtime Chats with BTO. Okay. So we just finished our uh, second season. Uh, so our first season was really just about um, just like a get to know everything that we do at BTO because we do a lot. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it was a lot of interviews um, with our um, with our founder. We did. I did one with. Um, the one of the facilitators who runs our um, adventure-based counseling program because we haven't we we do that once a month, uh, which is really awesome. It's really cool. Um, and then um, I also talked with our clinical director of compassionate counseling about mental health and teens. Um, I I spoke with one of our board members who is a Black mental health professional, and we talked about Black teen mental health. So it, it was it was a really good season. And then our last season was about behavior management and how to use it as a tool for connection rather than as a tool for punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had Nick on, <laughs> and he will be coming on as my co-host yeah. for season three. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Go subscribe, everyone. Yeah. 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 You can find us on... Give us a rating. Yeah, give, <laughs> give us a, a subscribe. Give us a rating. Uh, <laughs> all the stuff. Um, yeah, do all the stuff. Please. You can find us on like any major uh, any major space where podcasts are. Um, so, yeah. Cool. But awesome. Nick, how did you get involved with BTO? That's my story. How about you? Um, 
<laughs> <laughs> my journey's a lot uh, bumpier, I think. Like, there's definitely ups and downs. And mm. um, I went to school. <laughs> I went to undergrad. And mm. it wasn't really turning out for me. I came home and, you know mental health wasn't really on my radar. And I think that other people around me saw that and were able mm-hmm. to speak up and be like, hey, I think maybe you should go see somebody or talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I went for the first time and it was very inspiring. Um, I was gonna be a journalism major mm-hmm. and it was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that a few of those things like interplay very much so is that I am curious about the world and then I also mm-hmm. had like this inspiring thing to like go help people. Mm-hmm. And they worked out as kind of an investigator, but also a helper. So I did the rest of my time. I put some more uh, more student loans out in the world. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, like Kira. Mm-hmm. I found Brookline Teen Outreach. I, think I was I told kind you of, about it, actually. I was persuaded, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I, was, I, I was about it. Because um, other people that work there, like Kira mm-hmm. and our other friend, Jamie, um, mm-hmm. were in my class. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you should come You should come down. Mm-hmm. You should come apply. You'll probably get it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I like went in and I had no idea what I was expecting. Uh, I worked in behavioral health units before. Um, I wasn't looking to get back in one because they're a very stressful environment. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like kind of understanding what I was going to be thrown into. And then I just kind of jumped in. And ever since then, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be stuck there forever. I feel it. (laughs) Because I want to be, (laughs) Uh, it's a different kind of stuck, I guess. So I, you know, it's, it's weird to find like, community i guess mm-hmm. in places that i didn't think that i would mm-hmm. um i'm there five days a week mm-hmm. and you know it's you know my space too mm-hmm. it's something that like yeah. makes me feel at home yeah yeah which excites me because yeah. i don't mm-hmm. feel at home a lot of places mm-hmm. so. yeah 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 that's awesome i think it's also so different to be in a space where you feel so supported by your coworkers team. and yeah. by your team like when we talk about team, we really mean it mm-hmm. when we say team. It's just a very, very different culture within our space. And it does feel like we're, we're an actual team. And if, if we ever need help, if we ever need anything, like we support each other. We support mm-hmm. each other's mental health. We support each other's decisions. We challenge each other when we feel like we need to hear it. And, you know, we, we just all work really, really well together. So, um, it's it's not just a, a space for our kids. It's also a space for yeah. the adults there to right. grow too. The interns that we bring on to grow, mm-hmm. which is so again unique Crazy. in yeah. every way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, good. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do have a question. So, yeah. you know, do you find it hard to first reach out to kids? Like, do kids kind of resist the idea at first, or do, mm-hmm. do kids just like come to you guys? Like, how? What is that relationship like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, like, the teen space in general or to, like, have a conversation? I was thinking the teen space, teen too, space, because, yeah. like, just getting that first, like, foot in the door with mm-hmm. people who aren't engaged in the community. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. like, if someone's had, you know, discipline, mm-hmm. like, and yeah. you approach them, what is the reaction like? Or, like, mm-hmm. how, how do you kind of develop that bond to mm-hmm. have these talks? Mm-hmm. It takes a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> it takes a There's long a time. Lot of and it takes a lot of consistency. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it so. takes a lot of emotional regulation on your part mm-hmm. um, to be able to continuously do that. Yeah. Right. Have the door slammed in your face. Over and Multiple over and over times. and over again. But and it's even about the like just trying yeah. is mm-hmm. getting somewhere. Yeah. It's yeah. the seeds that we're planting. Yeah. We're lucky enough to like yeah. have a garden to put them in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 You can show that you care. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the journalism. Poetic. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why he's a good therapist. He can always make really good metaphors. Um, but no, I think, um, I think too, it's like I said, with that consistency, um, we're always yeah. having to show up mm-hmm. with the same sort of energy every single time. Yeah. And being able to communicate what the boundaries are and what the line is, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even though, like like we said, you know, 
behavior management, it should be used as a tool for connection rather than punishment, right? right. There are still consequences to those sort of like yeah. hard decisions that we're seeing. And when we get the, the door slammed in our face over and over and over again, we still have to accept them mm-hmm. when they come back, Next right? Yeah. We'll try again. We'll try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Love you. Not a great decision today. Mm-hmm. See you again tomorrow. Yeah. Let's try yeah. again tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it just is about like, really knowing where you are and if you are not able to kind of handle that sort of situation because of your own like emotional space or your own mental health like that's when you grab a team member and Mm. you say hey i need support right so um but i think too with our kids a lot of our kids come because of word of mouth yeah our kids tell other kids like hey you should come to the teen center with me Mm. and they're like okay and that's how we get more kids. We don't do really a anything. <laughs> we, honestly, we don't do anything <laughs> to advertise our space to kids, right? Mm-hmm. They just they the best, tell it's great. Best they advertisers tell each other, honest, and then yeah. they just show they just up. Bring everyone, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great. That's so funny. Yeah, like, and especially brothers and sisters, anybody mm-hmm. that you know is Cousins. possibly involved yeah. with mm-hmm. a family member, and it's just like, hey, come by today. Like, yeah, there's no registration. There's no whatever. Sure. It's just like come hang out like mm-hmm. you know obviously it's not like wild wild west aspects but like <laughs> like hey man how do you <laughs> know us <laughs> like right. oh i'm friends brother cousin whatever you know and yeah, i'm like right. okay whatever <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> Glad you're here yeah kind of building off of that like have you seen a lot of improvement within mm. the community within teens and yeah, mm, yeah? you want to speak a little bit on that nick i think something that i am lucky to have able to witness i guess mm-hmm. what's bittersweet i guess about our program as interns is that they're only there for so long. like a year yeah. maybe mm-hmm. and you know some people are only there for like a month or so mm-hmm. so like there's a lot of like time mm-hmm. that is you know or energy that is put forth to like make connections and like have a good time with the teens and stuff like that and like then it's lost because you have to leave and it's really disheartening sometimes for interns, but I was lucky enough to be hired. (laughs) Um, So I get to stay Mm -hmm. and I got to know families that I never would have um, Mm. previously. We work very closely with um, a family that comes every day and Mm. to go from last year kind of being in trouble with, um, you know, police and the law and things like that. And Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that like, this is a place that they can come and like be safe and try and, you know, be educated about Mm -hmm. what is going on in the community and try to stay safe from not just, you know, the outside forces, but, you know, people at home as well. Um, We're lucky enough to, try and see that family like work through these things Mm -hmm. and like have us as support as well and use us as support intentionally phone calls that's emails that's like trying to stay connected to be mindful where Mm -hmm. um kids are what they're doing Mm -hmm. um if they're being safe you know whether that's in the community or Mm -hmm. just in general Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know i was lucky enough to like see some of that transition and you know that family is working Mm-hmm. still <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and they will be yeah and i yeah. think that that goes a lot with our topic today about like some of that trauma, trauma. some of that generational trauma mm-hmm. it's a really integral mm-hmm. part of community sometimes mm-hmm. and you know whether you like it or not that's a pretty it's devastating mm-hmm. fact of yeah. life yeah um so i just say i would I'd be lucky in that regard mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i think just even building off of that too in the not even like in the grand scheme of things but just in like those small interactions that i have with some of our kids particularly i'm thinking of the one that he was just sharing um (laughs) and just having conversations of him being able to recognize choices that he makes are not great Mm -hmm. and that you know hey we talked about the consequence of you making this choice like you can't hang out here today. You knew that when you, but you still went and did the thing that we told you not to do. And, you know, so sorry, man, but we, you can't yeah. be here today. Yeah. And that's, that's just it. And just the, 
the calm in his voice when he said, you're right. That's my bad. Wow. <laughs> you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. Respect. Like, I you know, get kind it. Of, yep. Because yes. there have been moments where I would have said the same thing in the same tone and would have it gone so pop bad. off, right? <laughs> so just like those wow. little moments of, okay, yeah, you're right. I get it. Yeah. I respect the space and I respect you. And I know that I made I made the choice that I did mm-hmm. and, and I knew what I was getting myself into when yeah. I did that. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the change, um, you know, in this young person, but then you said the family was also mm-hmm. changed yeah. as well yeah. because of his experiences. And I think that's so amazing yeah. just yeah. in terms of community impact and mm-hmm. this nuclear family and then beyond. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like a lot of the kids that we serve are like, like I had said earlier, yeah. are kids who have experienced serious trauma Mm -hmm. in their lives Mm -hmm. um and a lot of our kids are kids of color too Mm -hmm. and so i think that that's something that we are currently trying to create a bridge within our community within the brookline community particularly with with the kids that we serve and like the perspective of the Mm -hmm. community of the kids that we serve right because sometimes there can be some some issues that come up with that (laughs) and some tensions and it's like you know we want to be respectful of the community and we but we also want to be respectful of the kids because they are our priority too mm-hmm. you know so um so i definitely think that there's there's things that we can continue to improve upon but our focus is always going to be our kids and it's always going to be like those those bigger pieces of community sure. but also like those those smaller, like tiny moments that yeah. we see in, in our everyday that maybe the the wider community yeah. doesn't get to see, you know? So so we are just very, very lucky that we get to watch that growth. And I also think the growth of our, our interns too are super mm-hmm. important because whether they stay in Brookline or not, right, they're going out into the world yeah. and taking what they learned and how they grew from their experience with us and they're, they're doing it, you know? So... Yeah. So I think that that's a really, really cool thing for me to see as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think awesome. as a younger person, I thought like, just to kind of go along with like the small moments and things, yeah. like when I was a young person, I was like, things only matter if there are big changes or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this has to like yeah. change dramatically and things like that. I think as uh, someone that has been a little bit more tenured and um, <laughs> older now, I think too, um, realizing that like those smaller moments are those victories too Mm -hmm. like take those everywhere that you go Mm -hmm. so with that family i think that you know that is our victory oh absolutely so yeah yeah it's really important great yeah well we would love to if any of your teams are willing we would love to hear them and their experience that'd be really cool um yeah yeah we would love to have them on sometime Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah we um We've talked about this because, you know, obviously we would love to have our kids on our show, mm-hmm. but because we serve as a mental health organization, mm-hmm. there's confidentiality issues with that. But that certainly doesn't mean that they can't be on other shows if they don't want to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I think that, that this connection with us, you know, can be a really good way to foster some, some communication with you guys to, See to get their voices heard because they they deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Is there like, on behalf of them, if there was a message message mm-hmm. that you feel like you could share on their behalf, what would that be? Ooh. Maybe that's in like one or two sentences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's it's a challenge. Just so tough to summarize <laughs> all the teens in your area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they're have. very diverse. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would get a lot of different reflections depending mm-hmm. on who you ask <laughs> maybe if you we'll can think of it. one yeah. of them yeah like uh, if there's anybody you're uh, channeling their voice sorry this is not like <laughs> no i'm like uh, thinking of like one or two and it's, mm-hmm. it's I, hard to like put that into perspective because i think too is you know we do talk a lot about diversity and things like that people come from a lot of different backgrounds yeah. in that community alone yeah which is uh like a blessing yeah very much so but also Mm -hmm. sometimes difficult because Mm -hmm. i think that what they would want to say is that they would be 
treated from like all perspectives and all backgrounds as mm-hmm. like very equitable mm-hmm. and not about like it's kind of like I know that we're talking a lot about equality and stuff like that, but I think that <laughs> making sure that no matter what, they are getting their needs met somehow. Mm. Yeah. You know? And every person, each background and each person's individual situation, like, <laughs> needs to be addressed as such. Like, as its own yeah, and I don't unique think that, thing. Right, and that doesn't, I don't, think, I don't no. think that conflicts with equality. Like, I think being treated equal means everyone being treated the way yeah. that they specifically need to be treated. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think that they would ultimately if if we were to like do a survey <laughs> with with our kids of like <clears throat> what are your thoughts about being here today? Like I think generally the message of mm-hmm. how they feel when they're at PTO is that they're they're happy they're safe. Yeah, they are able to, they're able to engage in a way that they're not able to outside of the space, right? Mm. Because even if they don't come for us, they come for their friends, they come for the video games, uh, they, they come mm. for the snacks. Yeah. I think another message would be, <laughs> we need more snacks. I was going to ask if you have oh food because God, I absolutely, so like, based like, on all like, my hey, snacks? Snacks? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it would have been. a routine yeah. situation for yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. snacks are very important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we snack all the time. I mean, and for the staff. Like, right. I come <laughs> to get the snacks. Read the pantry. I think it would say, maybe... Yeah. Where are the hot chips? Yeah, where are the Cheetos? Yeah. I need hot Hopefully chips. The Cheetos, please. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's um, the message. So you guys work with a lot of like familial and generational trauma. Can you kind of just explain what that is? Um and kind of why you're passionate about this specific area. Mm-hmm. Just a good definition Me, to start. Yeah. It's something that is so intersectional. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. hard to even have like such a like pretty black and white definition and i think that like there is you know economic (laughs) financial emotional physical even Mm -hmm. that can be generational or familial trauma Mm -hmm. it's something that's handed down and it's very hard to get out of also Mm -hmm. biological yes Mm -hmm. you know yeah genetics are very much um but I think it's something that we probably don't really bring into the equation all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a weird holistic issue of, you mm. know, <laughs> medicine and counseling. Mental health. Right? Yeah. Mental yeah, health that's that, that are hard to cross sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say, I really think that it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, of like what, what has happened to you mm-hmm. versus yeah. like what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Trauma is something that happens to you, right? Yeah. Whether it is, like like Nick was saying, whether it's biological, you know, emotional, verbal, physical, you know, there's there's so many ways that that trauma can happen. Even in, even sometimes people don't even recognize that something is traumatic to them mm-hmm. in the moment, you know. Yeah. But generational trauma and talking about family, right? Like, you know, we grow up in family systems mm-hmm. and our each family system has its own way of communicating, has its own way of like, has its own values, has its own way of understanding what emotions are, what you are allowed to feel, what you're not allowed to feel, how you're allowed to express that, you know, a, it's a very, very ingrained thing. Yeah. Um, and with those sort of systems, because we're people and we're mm-hmm. human, they're not going to be perfect. And sometimes parents aren't going to be perfect and they cause harm, you know, or caregivers cause harm. Yeah. Um, and sometimes grandparents cause harm to parents and then parents mm-hmm. cause so harms. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So generational trauma is something that's very cyclical and it's very hard to break out of because the f- you have to be able to recognize it when you see it and you have to be able to recognize it in yourself and know that something's wrong and you want to change it. I don't know if that's really a definition, but 
it's uh it's definitely a, a hard thing to conceptualize yeah. i think mm-hmm. um but the reason why i am passionate about it i think every every therapist right like mm-hmm. arguably has their own story right and the reason why they enter into trauma and i have or enter into trauma work or enter into yeah. um just the mental health field and i have my own too right mm-hmm. um and and so I always knew that I wanted to work with people. And when I experienced, like Nick, when I experienced counseling for the first time on my own, it was just very healing for me. And I knew that I wanted to do that for somebody else and continue that work and continue working on breaking my own generational trauma, which I think is really helpful for me to be able to empathize with my clients and, and understand them in a way that other therapists might not be able to. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that's why... That's where my passion comes from here. Nick, did you want to add anything? I think just to put it on top, too, is that people or families that are experiencing familial or generational trauma have such difficulty of getting out of it because they don't know that they're Mm -hmm. in it. You're talking about the way of communication and Mm -hmm. the way that people are raised. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I was raised like that. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't I raise my kids like that. kids like the same mm-hmm. way yeah. right I, I turned out fine right but there are still so many yeah underlying issues mm-hmm. and i think that you know from a cultural perspective or from you know any other type of perspective too is like you have to understand where you come from as mm-hmm. a counselor yeah and what absolutely. is your privilege and what is your power and you know mm-hmm. as a white male i think that's something that i take into mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. of like trying to understand like not everybody is as privileged or mm-hmm was raised the same way that I was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something to take everywhere with you. Yeah. I think going for anybody that's listening. Yeah. 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 On top of that, like not everyone reacts to trauma the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe everyone has kind of a different response to every yeah. stimuli. So it's, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. And there's certainly no blame to be held no. in family systems. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I think we hear a lot of like, you can't, you can't do something that you don't know. Don't know. Right? No. Yeah. A lot of a lot of family systems are just trying their best. Yep. Right? Yeah. And when you're in a family system and we also have this capitalist system that we live in, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So when we live under these Sadly. these like really, really big yeah. systems that work against you to mm-hmm. try to help yourself, to try to help your family, to try to build mm-hmm. something more than what you had when you were a kid, but you don't have the resources or the time or the energy or even the education to be able to understand where to go, right? How can you do something that you don't know, or right? How can you change what you don't know? Like right. you talked about. Yeah. Right, right. How can you learn to regulate your emotions if you were never taught how to do that as a, as a kid mm-hmm. or if you were never validated that mm-hmm. you were allowed to feel something other than like contentment right like Mm -hmm. that's 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 something that you are going to take and ultimately implicitly teach your child that like that's the thing because that's what you learned that makes sense to you you know yeah so i I just want to be clear that again like there's there's no blame to be had it's just a lot of work to figure out how to get out of it you know and so you would say like the first step is kind of becoming aware (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. which is you know, it's its, a, its own its own like little it's a struggle, struggle, <laughs> yeah, of, like things, and takes a lot of time. So I think and... it's hard to recognize that, like, you love your family, or Absolutely. most people love their family, so it's hard to say like this was not the best way to go about raising me, or like mm-hmm. this is something that I don't want. It's mm-hmm. that's very hard for people to mm-hmm. kind of introspectively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I talk to a lot of my clients about like, you know, I know it's really uncomfortable to confront <laughs> yeah. feelings mm-hmm. of anger and sadness towards your family members mm-hmm. especially towards towards your mom towards your dad because they're these good people you right you have to love them you, because yeah. they're your family right <laughs> right i know it's so uncomfortable yeah. to challenge that and to and to think about that and something i always tell my clients is like just because they love you doesn't mean that the wounds that they've caused mm-hmm. are are any less important yeah. right mm-hmm you can love somebody and the wounds are still there. And that's yeah. really uncomfortable a little bit to think about. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially really. when you're like a compassionate person that doesn't like to hurt others. Yeah. It's like, you don't realize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, obviously you shouldn't come at the expense of 
being compassionate to yourself, but mm-hmm. I think it can be an internal conflict. There's a lot of balancing acts yeah. here. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the awareness that's like looking into yourself, your family, your system. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's not, it's not easy work. I just <laughs> think of a wound, like when it gets gravel in it, when you fall, like a, a mm-hmm. lot of times the stuff that we're working on is incredibly painful in the beginning mm-hmm. for you and the whole family system. Yeah. 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 Because it feels like it's falling apart. <laughs> if you I if mean, you take one little thing stuff. out, like it's like a, a game yeah. of Jenga, right? Yeah. If you take one thing out, it feels like the so rest of it's just gonna fall over, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. it's okay to like, it's okay if it falls over and we have to just build yeah. it back up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering because I'm looking at this from like an adult perspective, and I have mm-hmm. done some work on like you know helping mm-hmm. myself and my family trauma, but if I were placing myself back into like teenage Allie's mm-hmm. life, like mm-hmm. how incredibly hard would it be to start fixing that work on yourself when mm-hmm. you're within that system? That's when you're still living in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think sometimes you have to leave it to kind of look back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Introspective. That's, that's a struggle Some work that we do yeah. You yeah. Know, every day and five days a week mm-hmm. thinking about like, what are you bringing to me today? Yeah. Cause I know that you brought a lot from everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, our yeah. kids like come in with, yeah, school stress, but there's home and, stress yeah, too. There's a lot going on. And mm-hmm. peer the stress. The only place and, to be yeah. that is like sometimes safe is, you know, mm-hmm. here at yeah. the teen center and like making mm-hmm. sure like. We're in a session. Yeah. We're trying to meet needs. So. Yeah. That's a long winded answer of like all the stuff. <laughs> it's a good answer. You got there. I yeah. Think. So yeah. if there's people who are listening to this right now and they kind of are relating, what would you say their first step should be? Should mm-hmm. they reach out? You know, what how do they tackle that yeah it is a good question so i i think i think i'm still stuck on thinking about like kids versus adults right yeah, yeah. um because is... it, it's it's very different yeah. you know mm-hmm. um it's one thing for a kid to be like to go to their parent and say this this thing is wrong with me and i need help like mm-hmm. i'm having a hard time with this and i need help right because there's a lot of ways that, that can go mm-hmm. for a kid um and so i can't I can't bring myself to just say like, okay, well, if you yeah. recognize that something's going on, you need to ask for help because sometimes that's not really yeah. going to get yeah. you where you want. There's barriers in that. Yeah. yeah. Lots of barriers. Um, I, I think I would say if, if somebody is, is, is listening to this and is thinking like, okay, I am feeling like, this is something I really, really relate to, right? I, I definitely feel like there's something going on within my family that I don't like, that I don't like, like, I don't like the way that we talk to each other. I don't mm-hmm. like the way that they make me feel or, mm-hmm. you know, being around them is really hard or I become a different person whenever I'm around my family and I don't understand why, right? There's a lot of self-reflection in a lot of that, right? And if you're not ready to take a step of, moving forward and trying to ask a professional for help to help you unpack a lot of those feelings and a lot of those thoughts and learn something new, I would say run with that self-reflection and give yourself space to really think about it, to process it, right? Journaling. I do, I tell a lot of clients to do like audio journaling if they don't like writing because I'm not a journaler either. I don't like to write. So Mm -hmm. like, taking your phone and just talking into it and like getting all of these thoughts and feelings out to help you reflect. Um, even talking to a friend about these things, allowing yourself to feel your feelings in a way that maybe you haven't before, like sitting with feeling uncomfortable, thinking about like what boundaries are and, and trying to learn a little bit more about those things to help, to help yourself and take care of yourself. Whatever way you feel like you need to take care of yourself and to do self-care in a way that's not just like doing a bath bomb, um, <laughs> I think is is a really important step yeah. if you're not ready to reach out for help or if, if there are a lot of barriers for you to reach out to yeah. help for a professional. So I don't know if that's like, that's like my long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But because um, I just feel like it's so, there's so many barriers that can come up with yeah. that. I think mm, for me, it's, I have more of like a personal like kind of aspect. Mm. <laughs> My mom came from kind of a pretty difficult situation, difficult family living situation and felt uncomfortable in the way that she was treated mm. uh, when she was a kid. She didn't know what to do with it. She didn't know 
where to go. I think back then it was a lot more difficult to find help or resources oh, like yeah. that. But mm-hmm. um, she grew up and became friends with like a lot of other people in a lot of different communities. Mm-hmm. Went to their family friends, went to their houses, mm-hmm. saw how their families interacted with each other and was shocked kind of and really taken off guard of <laughs> different family styles mm-hmm. or orientations mm-hmm. and was confused for a really long time as to why her family was dysfunctional mm-hmm. <laughs> and chaotic and mean kind of yeah. mm-hmm. and was able to you know have a family of her own that's just me so mm-hmm. Um, and kind of realized that she doesn't want to do the things that her family did to her. She was able to like see things from the outside when she was younger, mm-hmm. change some things, mm-hmm. try her best, you know, mm-hmm. just like everybody else's. But like see if you can get out. <laughs> yeah. Really, get yeah. to get a different just perspective. Get perspective. If you yeah. feel uncomfortable, you probably are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just go. With I it. like that. I like that. Right. It's like it's a really good lesson to listen like listen to yourself trust yourself and listen to your intuition that even though this is my family i don't feel comfortable here and i need to do something to prioritize myself i need to do something that allows me to take care of myself Mm. and i don't know what that looks like yet but i need to learn and i need to figure that out and i need to try a bunch of things yeah Yeah. those are both very great answers i think very like tangible um skills and tips like mm-hmm. I actually um I do like a video diary similar to what you were saying yeah. um I created like an own like my own diary Instagram account where oh, I will literally cool. just like story to myself and then I'll like write the date and it's like actually a really cool way to like mm-hmm. see progress too because mm-hmm. yep I'll Absolutely. like look a year ago and I'm like wow I am sobbing in that video and I'm broken <laughs> <laughs> and like look at me now like yep. a year later and I'm yeah. doing much better um, so I think that was like a really cool, mm-hmm. like, it's good to find ways where let's say my, I can't like call my therapist this second and mm-hmm. have a session, like to have those in the moment coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that help release and process what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and then I also love what you were saying, Nick, about just exploring and like taking that step outside of your comfort zone and outside of what you're um, used to seeing around you. Yeah. Um, cause that step I think is much scarier than it sounds like mm-hmm. to oh, actually like, <laughs> if it's like your community that you're feeling locked in, or if it's your family that yeah. you're feeling locked in, like just that step I think is like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably really freeing too. I don't yeah. know if that's what your mom experienced, but yeah. it's very brave of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was freeing, but it was also like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. yeah whoa. <laughs> Something's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah interesting because I have a friend and she had a lot of things going on in her family but she never really like found a good way to a good outlet for it and so it's kind of been bottled up into resentment Mm -hmm. and you know she's still yeah and so she just kind of resents her family now and she's still living with them because of Mm -hmm. course we're still teens and it's just Mm -hmm. very toxic because she hasn't found a good way to kind of really recognize like what's happening and stuff so that's also like such a struggle if you're like too young to leave the house yeah but you are so you're kind of like forced to stay within this system and Mm -hmm. then it's like you're constantly every night going back into the situation that you don't like Mm -hmm. or that you don't feel safe in that's like a lot to deal with yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think you know like you were saying is to try and find allyship Mm -hmm. in yeah anything yeah yeah and that's why we have spaces like this yes here your space our space Mm -hmm. like that's what we're here for this is this is allyship and this is family and yeah like Mm -hmm. it's interesting you guys are called friendship circle yeah it's a a system (laughs) so i don't you know like i'm sure that's what you're going for yeah right it's a community yeah 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 exactly i feel like we touched on the next one so yeah we take kind of touch on the next one do you guys have like a song or a book or a hobby or anything that you kind of use to help you get through hard times or enjoy? I know you have the answer. Oh, I mean, I think so for teen listeners, I guess, or whoever mm-hmm. listens to this podcast, if you're trying to like adults, yeah. maybe like mm-hmm. go back and like see if you can like become aware of things, I guess, mm-hmm. a little bit more. 
when I was younger and I felt kind of isolated as, you know, I'm an only child, so that's, you know, isolative mm. in itself, but mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't really matter at this point. Um, Percy Jackson. Mm. I'm not even, that's like, it's a great book. <laughs> and I think too, is it really tackles a lot of issues yeah. He, yeah. with like mental health mm -hmm. and like, uh, feeling alone being he's, he's dyslexic, but he's really not, you know, um, he also like, it goes into a lot of facts about like Greek gods and things like that and their issues and it makes them human and a lot of abuse and assault and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's really... a wildly perspective book yeah. <laughs> for a kid, you know, yeah, so it's kind of the beauty in it. Yeah. It makes things for kids, but they're adult themes. So yeah. it's wild to look back on that as I an adult now yeah. and be like, whoa, I read a lot of things that I think it helped me yeah. kind of get into this anyway. So yeah, that's so cool. Wow. I should go back and read that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard question. <laughs> Cause I feel like, um, I still listen to like the music that I listened to when I was like 14. Mm -hmm like 13, 14 when I was a kid, because like, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh gosh, like it, it brings me so much like comfort, I think, um, because like that was something that really got me through a lot of yeah. what my adolescence looked like, you know, um, I think like you, it looked like a, a lot of like sitting in my room. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of listening to music. Um, so, so I would definitely say that like my taste in music has changed a lot, but I can still go back and listen to that and feel so, just feel so comforted. Mm -hmm. um, but also as an adult, I think just learning about like my own experience within my family and helping me heal, like reading books or listening to audiobooks has been really helpful. Um, and, um, and I think one of my, one of my favorite personal ones was um, Ruby Carr's um, book of poetry, um, Milk and Honey. That was a really mm, good one. Very cool. So um, to be specific. So I think that that was one that just uh, validated me. Maybe not no, not so much necessarily healed, helped me heal, mm. but it was very validating. So, yeah. yeah. We should make a book list. I know we spoke about a uh, playlist, but now it's time for the book list. <laughs> Yeah, our friends made, on air we made a team a team playlist oh, on yeah. spotify which yeah. is very yeah, yeah. it's a, a sure wild it's ride yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just wild yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, music is a really interesting way to reach kids because like music yeah like that you listen to when you're 13 or 14 i mean yeah that's that helps on make you, who you swear yeah, yeah. Like, it's who you are is because yeah. you listen to that when, seriously yeah. And then you kind of look through it, like all your stages of music and you're like, this is who I was at these different yeah. points in my life. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I love it. Like, Very that. visceral. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's really, yeah. yeah. I can Do you have one, Ursula? Pinpoint songs that yeah, make me I feel one. bad. Oh, no. <laughs> that make me feel yeah. horrendous. I have yeah. those. Yeah. It's wild. So <laughs> on the flip side of that, yeah. There are songs and albums that are like, stay Absolutely. away from. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go there. <laughs> um, do I have one? I guess like, I really like the album tea for the tillerman by cat stevens i guess i was kind of raised wow. on that album cat stevens yeah yeah that's serious <laughs> yeah serious stuff, i love that I album love i kind of was raised on it and i just like I don't know. Cool. it brings me a lot of joy and then i have like of course my classic comfort movies that i you know watch what's Ooh. your top one yeah classic what's a classic comfort movie, movie? Ooh. Ooh. Well, i actually have a list shot to me right now uh yeah me too which one Indi oh, indiana jones and oh, raiders yeah. of the crusade oh good no not raiders of the crusade. is that the one raiders with the, the stakes Ark. yes that one like snakes. scares me though okay. that one is devastatingly <laughs> horrendous because every time that i look back on that i am 13 years old and watching people <laughs> like, like yeah. melt you know yeah, so like, like oh gosh there's a lot of differences here you know <laughs> See, my favorite is Ever After a Cinderella Story oh. with Drew Barrymore. Wow. Gives me so much comfort. I can literally quote the movie. I love it so much. <laughs> I get cold chills every time she walks out of 
the castle after she's like rescued herself and then she sees the prince and she's like what are you doing here like, uh, i love it girl get it like it makes me so happy. that's like so empowering oh my gosh yeah. Yeah. talk about bad behavioral choices i got kicked out of my after school program for <laughs> reenacting raiders of the lost what? But, like very graphically that's awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. is there like i got in trouble but it was only for like a week but they're like you cannot do did this. you use like <laughs> the violence did that you use like, like makeup or something like, no, it's just like the you weren't supposed to do like, the, the guns and the weapons uh, and all the yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so fun fact. Oh, That's mine awesome. are a little bit um probably not that comforting, but I'd say like <laughs> well <What? laughs> I just said Indiana Jones and people melted. <laughs> okay, well okay, but I really like Science of the Lambs. Wow. <laughs> no! okay. And I like I know it's like not a comfort movie, but like I just like I don't know why. I just like I always have to see this. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, just see this. Yeah. Or or School of Rock. I think. Okay, or like Legally Blonde. Okay, that's okay. Awesome. Right. I'll, take I'll, take I'll take it. I'll take it. I would say yeah, mine is like really childish compared to everyone else's, but like so feel good is like really any musical. Oh. But The Greatest Showman's probably oh, that's that's yes, that's yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's yours, Allie? Well, I mean, I'm like Ursula. I like a lot of horror movies, yeah. so I'm just over here like it's, not, it's a psychological um, thriller. Um, when I was, <laughs> that's true. Okay, like okay. If you want to pick some things here, I don't know. When I was so when I was a teen, I used this is gonna sound. I'm just gonna tell you guys all the quirky things about my personality. There we I go. Used to, <laughs> I used to go to the mall, and there was yeah. you guys remember the mall, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I used to go there as like a 12, 13 year old kid. And yeah, walk around. There <laughs> was this Thomas Kincaid art studio, and they got really sick of me because I would always want them to do like the light show. He's like the master of light, and oh. um, there's like so if there's like a cottage, and there was like a light in the window. You like turn the light down um, and everything gets dark and the light would seem like the candle was glowing or whatever. And that's just like what he was known for as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that that's was cool. like a really peaceful place to be. That's yeah. so cool. In between like shopping, you know, at Abercrombie or whatever. You're yeah. Doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's artwork is still a great source of comfort oh, for me. Oh, yeah, so. um, I just have to say, Alan wrote Monster Squad. <laughs> Monster <laughs> Squad. <laughs> Alan, you should keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Here at Friendship Circle, as you probably know, our core mission is to be a good friend. Um, how would you say that like this kind of fr- idea of friendship and connection plays a role into what we've just discussed? Mm. It's very well. I think when we're talking about yeah. trauma, right? It's so people who've experienced trauma, familial trauma, generational trauma, right? Just like singular trauma, even have a really hard time connecting, um, or can have like a really hard time feeling connected to community, feeling like they have support, right? So I think that having that sort of support while working through understanding their trauma, working through processing it, um, and having a space to fall, a safe space to fall, is always going to be important for anybody, right? That's, again, the work that we do at BTO is we are their safe space to fall because they're in our kids' can be in the midst of trauma Mm -hmm. um all of the time um even if it's just like or to like have those behaviors that are not acceptable they can be accepted here right yeah exactly so just having a safe space to fall and having support and feeling like even if there's just one space where you can be connected can really help you grow as a person can really help you feel like doing the work or being being in the trauma at that time you know, there's, there's something to work towards, right? Like there's, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think feeling it's like having trauma just is like inherently disconnecting. So having support is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. What you're saying is like having an anchor kind of like somebody to like hold on to. Yeah. And I think, you know, back to what you said very early in the beginning of like, just being accepting mm-hmm. like you're not going to understand like all the behaviors or like why it comes out in the way that it does because mm-hmm. you know there's so many <laughs> different ways that Every it can. Has, yeah. a reason. has a motive has a reason and 
you might not get it at that time, so you have to understand not to get angry mm-hmm. or frustrated or just stop doing that mm-hmm. and yeah. just take it as it is mm-hmm. and be like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like personally, I've had like quite a few traumatic events, mm-hmm. and I've, but I've always had people say to me like, oh, you would understand you've never experienced trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that assumption because I don't act a certain way or like, whatever and so they just assume yeah. that I would not and it's like yes I don't understand what you've gone through mm-hmm. but I don't know it's just like you don't know what people, other people have gone through mm-hmm. either like yeah. we can't we can't kind of make these assumptions about people that you don't right. have any idea about right and like I guess the flip side of that would be what how connection and friendship can play a role into in trauma yeah. is like Happy not having yeah that um, prejudgment or assumption, yeah, yeah. like thrown yeah. in your face immediately. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just being, <laughs> just being like the person that listens and supports. Yeah, yeah. validate people, exp- people's experiences. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you're not better because you experienced other yeah. traumas. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't what, understand that. What, like, what contest are we, are we winning? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, it's like just, we're all just healing together. But we're trying yeah, our best. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of assumptions that get thrown around with people who do experience trauma and stereotypes and stuff like that. It's just not. It's not one. There's not one mm-hmm. definition. There's not That's one right. like yeah. story. It's it's a lot. So yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Ursula, for that. Yeah. To wrap things up, thank you, uh, Kiera and Nick, for coming and contributing and talking about everything. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, this is so great. Time, this honestly. is so awesome. great to be here. Stop yeah. by whenever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> they want to know what snacks we have. Yeah. Oh, before they go. God. We got some applesauce. Oh, we got go. That kitchen Applesauce, I don't know. Some chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> applesauce toys. <laughs> uh, I saw everyone at one day. Like, really like, like applesauce. Like, like, it's like what I always, it's always my go-to when I get here. <laughs> <laughs> like the lazy the applesauce, I don't know. Um, so yeah, in today's episode, we kind of talked about, just to recap, familiar trauma and BTO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's cool. We hope that you will continue to grow with us as we share inspirational friendship and mental health stories and resources in our future episodes. So stay tuned for season two. Yes. Signing off from Friends on Air. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, tune in next month for the first episode of season two, which will be on video. Ooh, yay. Can't wait.